This is the Ruck Infringement Podcast with Joey Alchin. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Ruck Infringement Podcast. This week, I'm joined by my good friends, Dave. Dave, how you going? Good, mate. How you doing? G'day, uh, Joey. G'day, Luke. Always good, mate. Always good. And, of course, as Dave mentioned, Luke. Luke, how are you? Yeah, not too bad, boys. Not too bad. Good to good to talk to you again. Yes, yes. It's very good. Now, lucky we're on podcast here because you don't want to see what Luke's done. He's just come out of the shower, so we'll keep the video off, I think, for this part. But uh, we'll, we'll get straight into it. Boys, as you know, I'm the sort of guy who can see the future. For example, I know that the Sydney Roosters are going to win the 2023 season. I also know that you can now invest in your own future with Coinjar. Coinjar specialise in cryptocurrency such as Bitcoin and Ethereum and help you to invest safely and securely. Visit Coinjar at Coinjar.com or on the Coinjar app in the App Store or Google Play Store. Coinjar, investing in your future. Well, last week we spoke on the Rugby League World Cup semi-finals and our choices, we all had Australia to beat New Zealand, which ended up happening a lot tighter than we all expected. I thought, Australia might put about 40 points on them. Uh, it ended up being 16, 14, two points in it. I wasn't impressed with Australia. I don't think they were as clinical as I would have liked. Uh, the Kiwis just couldn't get back into the game. They uh, made a lot of errors, but kicking was really good, Dave, as you can see there. Only one goal missed. And the good thing about that goal, like, it was the team that won that missed the goal. So it didn't come back to haunt them. It didn't come back to cost them which was really good. Uh, Cleary bagging two from three, one in the 17th and one in the 54th, and then Rapina for New Zealand getting one in the 12th and one in the 38th. So pretty good conversion rate there. But, yeah, not the score we all thought. Uh, Luke, I'll start with you, mate. I don't know if you got a chance to watch this game at all. Uh, I, I fell asleep during the first half and I watched the <laughs> second half. Yeah, it's, it's a bit like that with those uh, English times that these games are on. Uh, mate, I had about four alarms set, didn't want to wake anyone else up, so I turned the first one off and then sure enough, I fell asleep. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, fair enough. Uh, that's what happens at, you know, 6.30 in the morning. But oh, what exactly I wanted to right. speak to you about in this game is there was a lot of expectation coming into this with the Kiwis being number one in the world. Uh, I don't think they really lived up to the expectation. No, uh, I, I can agree to that. Um, as as you said, it wasn't a very exciting game. I would not have been surprised um, just from the half that I watched. I wouldn't have been disappointed had we lost. Yeah. like um, and, and the Kiwis had won. I'm not disappointed that we won and the Kiwis lost. Um, it was just a game that for 40 minutes I sat there going, no one deserves to win this game. Yeah. We were we played so poorly that, yeah, unfortunately, it just come down to one one goal. Sort yeah, of. yeah, that's right, uh, Dave. It's something we've spoken about with New Zealand over the course of this tournament, and it's been their goal kicking. It was really good to finally see them nail two from two. It was, yeah, and uh, Nathan Cleary missed one. I can see. Yes, he did. Yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things, uh, and I come back to the same point. Um, if it's such an important part of adding to a score, advancing the game along a little bit more, why aren't they more accurate with their kicking? Yeah. Yeah, I know. It's 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 something that I don't think we'll ever get the true answer to. I, I think kicking used to be better 
back in the day. Uh, the way that some of these guys were able to kick from the sideline was incredible. I don't know whether it's just that our world now has become desensitized or what it is, you know, whether technology's played a big part. So instead of being able to have that uh, reaction time, I guess you could call that, it might be a bit slower. So I'm not too sure what it is. I don't think we'll ever know the answer to that one. But Australia have now uh, progressed through to the final, which is incredible. Move on to our second game. I wish DK was here because he backed Samoa. We all backed England. And Samoa got the win, 27-26. Wow. Yeah, wow. Um, to play devil's advocate for a minute, DK did suggest that Samoa would put about 20 or 30 points on England. Not even close. Um, <laughs> you know, and back to on the point of goal kicking, Stephen Crichton was the goal kicker for Samoa. Yeah. But he missed two and then ironically kicked the winning point in the um, right. extra time. Yeah, the field goal. Yeah, and it comes back to that Penrith connection. Crichton obviously plays for Penrith as well. Got himself two tries also in the match. Yep. Uh, so he he had a blinder. I mean, man of the match for me in that game. But so good to see. I mean, no one, as an Australian, you don't want to see England win. Like, yes, they've been the informed team, but you don't want to see England get through. It's the Barmy Army. It's the arch enemy. So it's great to see Samoa get there. We need to eat our words a little bit because we all banged on about England getting this one. And uh, you know what? I wish Gus had said something now because he would have been right. He would have, yeah. <laughs> but I, I wish it would have been the old foes against us in the final, though. Yeah, true, true. It would have been a really, really tough match. because The old Ashes as, battle. It would have been, yeah. And, and England have played excellently in this series. Yeah. So, and so have the Aussies. So it would have been, for all intents and purposes, two of the best teams going at it. It would have been brilliant. Yeah, for sure. Luke, this is one I definitely didn't get to watch. It was at 1.30 in the morning. Uh, I was thinking about other things. wasn't thinking about rugby league, although I do dream of it as well. But this <laughs> game, mate, it's you see a scoreline like that and you love it. You, you love to see a tightly uh, contested game. Is it credit to Samoa with how their, how their World Cup campaign went, losing that first game to England 60-6? to six? Yeah, definitely. They have they've come back from an embarrassing scoreline, yeah. To you know, really showing what what they are. Um, they've got a wide variety of players from across the NRL, so to be able in far however many weeks they trained for as well, you know, let's say eight weeks or so, to come back and beat a team that whooped them and to progress to a grand final by one point. It is just a testament to the combinations that they've put together. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, it's pretty incredible stuff. I mean, that that flogging, 60 to 6, uh, another podcast I listened to, Willie Mason's on it, and Willie was saying how, you know, Matt Parrish probably wasn't the right coach for Samoa after that loss, and he was saying it's hard. You know, we, we really need a Polynesian coach who, who knows the area, knows the players, knows the team and can take them through. But he came out today and he actually apologized and said, you know, credit to Matt Parrish for what he's done with this Samoan team. So to get them into a World Cup final and their first ever World Cup final is pretty incredible. In saying that, let's move on to the final. It'll be on Sunday morning at 3 a.m. So I'll be setting the clocks early for this one to get up to watch it. It is Australia against Samoa. 
Teams for Australia have been named today, but it's a 19-man squad, so we won't go through the whole thing. Dave, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, it should be. Um, and it'll be you know tough. With Samoa coming off a win, mm. they'll be wanting to – they'll be fired up and they'll be wanting to, to take it all the way. Yeah. Um, Australia, they're probably pretty confident going into this game, but they really not want to rest on their laurels. I don't think you can concede an inch to Samoa because they're going to take everything they can get. Yeah, well, that's right. I mean, these Polynesian players, you watch them in the NRL every week, and some of these guys can play footy. They they know how, and they're so athletic. They can throw a ball, they can pass a ball, they can kick a ball. It's just, you, you can't write off Samoa. I, I'm sort of, Luke, I, I'm getting the, uh, the Samoan vibe going. You know, as much as I want to see Australia win, I wouldn't be upset if Samoa got the victory. Uh, yeah, 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 that's... I was just thinking the same thing, and I was just scrolling through the the head to head sort of stats um, for the game on Sunday. I am actually really interested to see how each team plans on attacking one another, because as you've said in the last couple of podcasts, both teams are Penrith, like the core is Penrith players. Yeah. So yeah. to come, have Penrith come up against each other. It's going to be very interesting to see what magic will be pulled out of their ass to put some points on the opposition because they know how each other play to a tee. Well, that's so, right. You've got you've yeah. got Nathan Cleary, the Penrith halfback, coming up against Jerome Luai, the Penrith 5'8". And these two guys yeah. have played footy together for 15 years. Exactly. And I was just looking. It's actually on this day five years ago was the last time that Australia played Samoa and we won 46 nil. Yeah, 2017. But, yeah, that's exactly right. But that Samoan team five years ago did not have the likes of Junior Paulo, Stephen no. Crichton, Jerome Luai, uh, Taylor May, like uh, um, all, all those players who have changed the game sort of thing. I'm, I'm very interested to see what happens. Yeah, sorry, just to uh, – don't mean to discredit you, but in 2017 they had Jerome Luai at six – uh, it was Did only his, it was only his first season in NRL, so he hadn't he uh, hadn't been around long. They also had Junior Paulo at eight, um, and Josh Papalihi in that team as well. But apart from that, it was it was a pretty uh, yeah, as you said, it was a pretty new side. Joseph Leilu were in there at centre, but yeah, Luai in his first year in 2017, so hadn't had much NRL experience under his belt. You're exactly yeah. right there, though, with the. Uh, the the way it was back then, it's not going to be the same. It's a great matchup. Dave, there's a couple more matchups in this one. James Tedesco, the mm-hmm. Roosters fullback and the Australian fullback, he's coming up against Joseph Suwalihi, who is he plays for the Roosters as well, and he's the Samoan fullback. Uh, he is a winger for the Roosters, but can play fullback as well. So another big matchup there between the fullbacks. And during the week, the Aussies came out and said they really want to cut him down, Suwalihi. They they want to stop him from attacking the play because he's such a potent player. Yeah, well, I mean, if they can shut him down, they'll be doing a good thing. Yeah. Um, either way, I think both teams are going to be ramping up their defences and would like to think that the scoreline's not going to be very big for that reason. It'll be fairly tight going both ways. Yeah, um, it would be good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking through the stats here, they're fairly evenly matched. Although on the first matchup they had in this competition, it was 46 zip. Um, yeah. But I still think that Samoa have found their form over the course of the over the course of the, the contest. So it's going to be a tough one to predict, I reckon. 
Yeah, absolutely. And moving on from the Rugby League World Cup final is the Golden Boot winners were announced during the week. So that's for the best international player of the year, pretty much. Uh, So that actually went to New Zealand's Joey Manu, who is also a rooster as well, plays centre for the roosters, but plays fullback for New Zealand. And he got the men's golden boot. So pretty prestigious award there, uh, some big company there. Also, the women's went to Racy McGregor, who is the Roosters women's halfback as well. So another rooster there, which is great. And then, yeah, the last one went to Sebastian Bacara, who is the wheelchair international player of the year. So congrats to those players on the golden boot. It's always a special award. It's just something extra to add after the season's finished. All right, boys, let's talk some cricket. So since we last spoke, we had the T20 final, Pakistan versus England, of course. Uh, England getting the win quite convincingly. Luke, did you get to watch this game? Did not. I actually watched the Pakistan semi-final, and then thinking to myself, I really want to watch the next game, just did not get around to it. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh it was a game of I don't know what what's the word? I mean England Pakistan looked in it, but then England just took it away. Ben Stokes probably one of his best performances in a long time. You know, he's been a bit uh maligned recently with being the captain, but just not really I, I guess when he came into international cricket, he was he was touted as an all rounder, he was really good. And then they sort of, as they do, the score started to drop off. They started to dwindle a little bit. But this game, he really wound back the clock and had a really good score, getting 52 not out of 49 balls. So, you know, in 2020 terms, it's not uh, electrifying cricket, but it's enough to get England home. Uh, They only scored 138 runs to win. Pakistan getting eight out for 137. Dave... I'll jump to you. I mean, look, we don't like seeing, as we said before, we don't like seeing the Arch Enemy win. Would have been nice to see Pakistan, but England now, number one in the world. They are number one in the world. And based on this performance, they don't have a real lot to cheer about. For a, a 2020 game, the uh, striking of the ball was uh, pretty average, really, in terms of strike rates. I mean, a 20 over game, you've got to be pretty uh, fast and furious with um, smacking the ball around. And I mean, you've got Alex Hales out for two balls. Um, for one on two balls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and um, the best batsman was number four in the order, 52 from 49, which isn't a fantastic strike rate for 2020 either. You know, they really sh- – what England did the week before, where their openers chalked up 170-odd runs between them, this isn't much to write home about. And as you said there, Alex Hales actually scored 80-odd not out in that game last week. So to, to then get one run this week, it, it is poor. It is poor. And one thing I wanted to touch on a bit was the bowling as well. Luke, you can see there, Sammy Curran got three for 12 or four overs. Mate, that's Luke Phillips like. <laughs> oh, definitely not. Come on. <laughs> uh, but no, it, it's, uh. it's not a bad bowling performance. You know, three wickets there to Sammy Curran. Uh, Rashid got two for 22 or four. Chris Jordan, two for 27 or four. None for Chris Wokes, which, you know, He's been a bit hit and miss lately. And then Stokes also chiming in with a wicket, but went for a lot of runs. So mm-hmm. it was it was a good final. Uh, it, it would have been nice to have seen Pakistan win, but credit to England, credit where credit's due. 
And that's it for the 2020 World Cup. You know, boys, it doesn't get much better than watching sport on a Sunday Arvo. However, sometimes you need a snack. And now, with Gibson's Country Style Jerky, your snack needs are complete. With a wide variety of flavours, including teriyaki, honey soy garlic, mild chilli and pepper steak, Gibson's has all your jerky needs covered. Get your jerky at gibsoncountrystylejerky.com. And now, if you use the code RUCK5, you'll get 5% off. Gibson's Country Style Jerky, for the snackaholic in you. All right, boys, we're on to our talking points segment. For those listening at home, it's not a massive podcast tonight. We're running out of sport, so we're going to be talking about the FIFA World Cup, I think, soon. That's the next thing on the agenda, if we get there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, not, not, not a big soccer fan myself, but... I'm just running out. Soon we're going to be talking about Mook's hair out of the shower or something like that. But anyway, let's uh... hey, let's talk about the ODI that's on right now. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got that coming up. I've got that. Yeah. So let's let's start with our talking points. Uh, the first one was we spoke last week about uh, Jackson Hastings was potentially looking at a move to Newcastle. We also spoke about it a couple of weeks ago with you too, Luke. And we said Luke Brooks probably would have been the best option for them. He just needs a bit of a change, I think. But it is confirmed that Hastings has now signed a three-year deal with Newcastle from 2023. So some exciting times there for the Knights. I think it's a really good signing. For me, the Knights are lacking a proper half. They got Adam Clune, but he's very injury-prone, and he's just not the man to lead them. With Ponga moving into 5'8", I think it's a great move to sign someone like Jackson Hastings. And with the mongrel in the pack that they've got, with Adam Elliott, Jack Heverington now as well, I I think it's going to really complement them. Luke, a massive loss for the Tigers, mate. You had to bring it up. Here's where I confess that my hair's not wet because of the shower, but my, wiping up my tears, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Been pretty upset since I saw that this afternoon. Not gonna lie, <laughs> it's a um, it's a big loss for us Tigers. But it's also what we do. We buy someone who is makes a real hard difference, and everyone gets their hopes up, and then we go, yeah, there's the door. So yeah, it uh, unfortunately the Tigers have become a bit of a revolving door, as you said, and it's just another player that is out from the. Uh, Campbelltown Club. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting one. I'm I'm really happy about the signing. I think Hastings will do really well in Newcastle. And on the other hand of that, David Clemmer has signed with the Tigers for 2023. Now you, you might not be a massive David Clemmer fan, but I thought he had one of his best seasons to date in 2022. I thought the mongrel that he brought to that night's pack was really good. And mm. you look at this Tigers pack so far, right? You got Isaiah Papalihi, Api Corusau, John Bateman being rumored, and then you got David Clemmer running those short balls off Corusau. It's a pretty decent forward pack. Yeah, yeah, I, I do agree with you. My just my concern is I am one to have seen the mongrel in Clemmer over the last few years, yeah. and I I get that he does it out of the passion for the game. My concern is is the too much mongrel going to come out and then mm. actually disadvantage us because there's I agree in the sense that he's probably had one of his best career years last year but you got to look at how many times was you know he giving away penalties for being too much of a mongrel in the ruck or something like that yeah yeah no absolutely I completely understand what you're saying and you don't want to sign a player who's going to give away penalty after penalty so you do make a really good point there. Let's move on to a bit of cricket talking points here. 
Dave, I'll throw to you in a second, mate. Glenn Maxwell broke his leg at a mate's birthday party. They were running on a tennis court and Glenn Maxwell fell and his mate fell and his mate's leg landed on top of Glenn Maxwell's leg and he broke his leg and now he's out for the summer. Yeah. it's boys. <laughs> Have you ever heard boys, anything like that? Well, yeah. You know, <laughs> accidents do happen. I just, you know, I... What can you do? It's just one of those things. I, I remember yeah. some years ago, I um, I, I interviewed uh, Ashley Naylor, who's the lead singer and guitarist of a band, even. He's also in the Rockwiz Orchestra. And I was interviewing him on the phone and he told me that he, he couldn't play guitar because he uh, was at a party. He was down at the beach. He was kicking the football around and misjudged the, uh, uh, the ball coming at him. He broke his finger. Oh, ouch. Yeah. And it's, it's like, well, okay, you're a professional musician and now you can't uh, play your guitar. <laughs> yeah, that's right, which is literally your job. Um, and, and, and all it was was just a bit of a you know, muck around with mates on the weekend. Look, as much as I love the big show, I think we need to get a bit of a lie detector out here because he has said that no one was drinking uh, when this accident happened and it was, as you said, an accident. I'm not 100% sure I agree with that. I don't know how you are just running on a tennis court at a birthday party anyway. I feel like there may have been a bit of a grandma's old medicine in that one. Luke, it's a massive loss for the Australian team with Glenn Maxwell missing the summer. Where do we go from here? Uh, I don't know where we go from here. My only thought is, is this going to, is this going to not benefit him, but give Maxwell enough time to sit on the side, like really think about, the way he's been playing recently. And then as soon as he's able to get back into training, really like get back into it and come out stronger than when he left sort of thing. Cause you know, recently he's hasn't been that crash hot and you know, I I, I don't know if he's going to, if he's going to use this time to just really reflect on himself and come out stronger than he has sort of thing. This, This could be a good thing for him to be honest. Yeah. Hey, you're exactly right. I mean, his scores haven't, really depicted a great World Cup campaign. So it may be the break he needs, uh, you know, mind the mm. pun. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. But, yeah, you know, there's there's a couple of big names that um, can, like Cam Green, he can come and whack a ball around. Yeah. I know we're using him more as a bowler, but we've seen what he can do with the bat sort of thing. He, he's, he's quite, I think he's, I think he's still very young in the game in the sense that he's not as versatile as Glenn Maxwell. He can't come out and whack a 50 off 30 delivery sort of thing, but he can smack a ball around. So can um, Marnus Labashain. He, he's yeah. pretty good. I'm, I'm sure there'll be another Victorian in the wings. The Victorians always seem to get picked for Australian cricket. So oh, 100%. <laughs> with, uh, with Glenn Maxwell going down, I'm sure another Victorian will just come straight through the ranks, just as Warney and all those other boys did. But yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a massive loss for Australian cricket. We know what the big show can produce on his day. Let's move on to our next talking point, something we're really interested in. And we're going back, we're throwing back to a bit of uh, state of origin footy here. Now, during the week, Brad Fittler came out talking about Uh, eligibility for state of origin and whether you can play for New South Wales or Queensland, not depending on, you know, if you're English or Pacific Islander. All Freddie said was if you play in New South Wales or Queensland before you're 13 and play in the junior systems, then you should have the right to play for New South Wales and Queensland. It shouldn't matter which international team you play for. Dave, we'll start with you. What do you reckon? So eligibility for 
any kind of international club or or state club like that. I think it's interesting from the point of view that ultimately it's where you're born that dictates what team you play for. Is that right? Well, I was under that impression too, but apparently it's where you played your junior footy, which is, I think, what he's saying. So before you're 13 and playing the junior systems. So if you played in the junior systems in New South Wales, you're eligible. So whether whether you were born in New Zealand or not. Okay, so if you're born in New Zealand, you move to New South Wales and you yeah. play in the in the New South Wales Rugby League junior competitions, yeah. and then you stay there, you get drafted. You should be eligible for New South Wales, yeah. Then you should be eligible for New Zealand. Okay, fine, I get that. That's yeah. that's fine. Yeah. No, I have got no argument with that at all. Yeah. Um, but I found, especially with the international teams during the Rugby World Cup, there was a lot of really unusual, what seemed to be very unusual picks for the team, for example, Samoa, Stephen Crichton. Yeah. Um, yeah. What does there any Samoan heritage with him at all? I don't actually quite know, but yeah, me neither. It, it wouldn't it doesn't suggest to me at face value that there is really. I'm not suggesting there isn't. Yeah. But questions need to be asked. Yeah, for sure. It, it's definitely interesting. I can't actually tell you whether he does or not, but. It, it's, it was like Willie Mason. Back when Willie Mason played, he played for Australia. But he was also eligible to represent Samoa and Tonga because his mum had Samoan and Tongan in her. So it's, it's really interesting how the international stage works. But, Luke, I'll throw to you quickly, mate. Uh, what do you think of this? Do you think that if they let, – let's take Jason Tamalalo, for example. If Tamalalo grew up in the Queensland system, should he be able to play for Queensland? Oh, if, going off Freddie's words, yes. I think it's a very bold statement what he's come out and said. Yeah. Because, yeah, like it's, it's, it's a very delicate situation. It's, it's something that everyone's been harping on for so long. Yeah, like – if if that if if that's the wording of the rule, then I've got no problem with it. The only issue I have is the you know, the rule being suitable for some and not for others. I, I would have to agree with that. It's it's interesting that it hasn't happened though. So even though I know, that's, that's this, the thing. this is the rule, but it hasn't happened. The yeah. you know, Stephen Crichton played for New South Wales before he played for Samoa. It's just interesting how Freddie's come out with this, but you know, Jason Tamalalo, he might be of Tongan heritage, but he grew up in the Queensland system. So why yeah. has he been able to play for Queensland up until this statement? Who knows? Yeah, I really don't know. I just had a quick look about Crichton. He actually was born in Samoa. Oh, there you, there go. you go. He was born in Samoa. He moved to New Zealand at, at two years old, and then his family settled in Australia. So he could so, probably he could probably play for the Kiwis as well if he was. He probably could. Yeah, that's exactly right. But he, you know, he, he could be, represent the Kiwis if he chose to. Yeah, and that's um, that's that's awesome. I I had no idea, but yeah, um, that's great. Yeah, 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 but now that's that's really that's really interesting and, and and quite good, quite cool that he's representing Samoa in that case. But my point would be is I think the rule needs to be clarified as to who qualifies for what. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, you don't want to be cherry picking the absolute best players from every team exactly. in order to potentially advantage or disadvantage your opponent. You know, it's supposed to be 
like they say, mate against mate, state against state. It's supposed to be yep. a, a competition that, yes, there's a fierce rivalry there, but it's not supposed to be such that it is completely unbalanced with, you know, talent that doesn't quite fit the criteria, but fits a, a separate criteria, which is we've got now got the strength to win a game. Yeah, I, I have to agree with that. That's a really good point, Dave. It's going to be interesting to see where the eligibility moves forward from here whether we see those Pacific Islander players who have, you know, played unders for New South Wales or Queensland actually start to represent their team, uh, their state. So we'll see what happens in the future. It's really interesting. Let's move on again to a bit of cricket. We've got the ODIs happening as we speak. Uh, the first ODI in Adelaide tonight. England were nine out for 287 runs. Australia needed 288 to win. Australia and none. For 145 at the 19th over, David Warner, 69 off 60. Travis Head, 69 off 56. Luke, the boys are killing it. Oh, mate, it's about time that we had an opening partnership that actually put some runs on the board. Yeah, yeah it's, it's oh. great to see, isn't it? But yeah. can we just talk about David Milan for a second? 134 for England of 128 balls. Mate, <laughs> that's some good batting. Uh, that is... Uh, that is- Definitely some good batting. David D- Darwin Milan is um, just one of those players that uh, uh, hit or miss. He yeah. comes out and he scores. He scores twenty or thirty. Like you know that that's averaging sort of thing. And then he comes out and does this. You know, next game he might only score ten or so runs. He is he's so consistent at inconsistency. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no, he's he's coming out and put on a massive score, one that could win England the game, but. You know, just looking at our batting so far, you know, that we've come out to play. It's, it's a great start, but we need to go on with it. So Warner needs to get a century and Head needs to get a century here for us to win. They they need to go on with this too many times. The openers will start like this. Warner especially will get a start, gets in the 70s or 80s and plays a stupid shot. So mm. we need yeah. to be able to get centuries, go on with this. There are two more one-dayers coming up as well against England before mm. the Test Series starts on the 30th. But, look, it's great to see Australia back in yeah. good form. Well, yeah, as uh, as you as we've started oh, to Hold the phone about, there, boys. Travis Head's just been caught from, by Phil Salt, bowled by Chris I was Stewart. just about oh. to say that. He got caught for 69. Oh, well, at least he went out as a good number. That's exactly right. But yeah. it's it's so good to see the good start because at the same stage that we're at now, we're one for 147. England were four for 101 at the same point in the game. So, and, you know, yeah. we're, we're off to a great start. And the yeah. former best batter in the world, Steve Smith, comes to the crease now. So he, hopefully he uh, Smithy can, uh, can do something here. But, yeah, I mean, that's the one day is definitely keep watching. It's going to be really good. And... The next thing I really wanted to talk on was a bit of what's happening towards the end of the year with the podcast. We've sort of covered most of our sport. This finishes uh, the World Cup this week. Obviously, next week we'll talk on the result of the final and then a bit of our one-dayers as well. But probably come December, I'll probably take a break for about a month just to recuperate a bit, uh, see what's going on, You know, sort out my sponsors again. And then we'll start fresh in January. So that's what's probably going to happen moving forward. Next year is really exciting. Uh, I'm just getting some merch ideas into place. 
going to be trying to sell T-shirts and hats, um, maybe some stubby coolers and things like that as well. And we're going to be looking at doing a lot more video. I've got a YouTube channel that is up and running. I just don't have any videos on there yet. So 2023, massive year for the podcast. But uh, yeah, stay tuned for 2022. We've got a few more weeks left before we take this break to touch on the World Cup final and a bit of cricket. But that's all we have time for today. Boys, it's a short one. You know, we got through it. Um, I'd just like to thank my sponsors, Coin Jar and Gibson's Country Style Jerky for their support. I'd like to thank you, boys, of course. Dave, thanks, mate. Thanks so much. Been a pleasure. And Luke, thank you. Uh, thank you. Thank you for bringing me on no, and no having problem. me for a few episodes. <laughs> and I'd like to thank you, the listener, as well. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Ruck Infringement Podcast. Don't forget, you can follow, like, subscribe. You can rate the show as well. You find me on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. He's Dave. He's Luke. I'm Joey. Stay puffed.